Hey friends, Scott Sullivan here, Georgia Baptist Discipleship. Uh, I'm the catalyst for the convention. So excited to be here with you for another one of our uh, discipleship broadcasts. Kenneth Acock is with us today, and Kenneth will be guiding us through a panel discussion as we talk about helping parents become disciple makers. Um, and I, I made a, a comment about two weeks ago that said I, that I genuinely believe that the next great movement of God that happens, particularly in America, could happen if parents catch this idea, this principle, that they are, they are responsible to be the disciples of their children and then exponentially flesh that out with, with people from there. So I'm just so excited about our panel today, about this discussion. Now, let me remind you a couple of things as you're uh, jumping on with us viewing. We need you to comment. So we want to know where you're from. Um, ask questions of this panel because they're going to be jumping on with us. They'll answer some questions tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, real time, and they're going to be dropping links to resources that they're going to mention. We want you to check those out. Go to them, ask questions, chew it up, bring this stuff back to your church. Also, really important that you comment, leave a message, ask a question because we're giving away a power supply that says Georgia Baptist Discipleship on it. Really cool. Um, piece of equipment that you can take anywhere. That way you don't ever run out of battery in your cell phone or whatever it is that you're using. Okay. So thank you so much, Kenneth. Jump in and guide our panel discussion. Thank you so much, Scott. We want to welcome everybody today. We're glad you're here. And this is a very important talk, topic, talking about family discipleship. And one thing I wanted to mention, and we'll put this in the comments, is that there's an article on the uh, Georgia Baptist website is called Tips for Family Devotions. It's a great post by Matthew Gibbs. Uh, he's part of our discipleship team, and he's out of Second Baptist Church in Warner Robins. So I just want to highlight that and encourage you to go take a look at that. And I also want to welcome our guests today. We're glad to have Dale and, and Gina Forehand from Stained Glass Ministries uh, out of Alabama, and also Scott and Don Smith. Uh, they serve in discipleship ministries at Lakewood Baptist in Gainesville. So I want to say welcome to y'all and thank y'all for being here. And we just want to jump right in to our discussion. I believe family discipleship really starts at an individual level when we talk about our personal relationship with the Lord. And then it moves in uh, for couples. It talks about our relationships with our spouse. So Dale and Gina, you know, this is certainly a stressful time. These last two months have been stressful for marriage. So I just want to ask y'all, what are some tips that y'all could give, some advice, some encouragement uh, for marriages at this time? Yeah, I tell you, um, Dale and I have uh, been uh, eager and excited about meeting uh, today and sharing a little bit about this. We have met so many people, and um, one guy said to Dale, hey, um, I bet you that marriage counseling's gone up higher than it ever has right now. And this other person said, and I bet alcoholism has too. And I, we thought, well, you know, and everybody's laughing, but at the same time, we were like, my goodness, you know, reality is that is saying that there is stress on the relationships, that stress on the marriage and how people are choosing to cope and that they're running to other things instead of to the Father. And so the beautiful thing for us today is to be able to share with us that there is there are better things to choose uh, to run to, and, and that one thing in person and that source is Jesus. So for Dale and I, we just got to talking and thinking about um, how we are made up of three parts. We're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And that's out of 1 Thessalonians 5.23. May the God of peace, the God himself, sanctify you through and through. May the God, that God of peace, sanctify you. Body, soul, and spirit. 
And so as Dale and I have been kind of quarantined together, um, we have started just kind of looking at each one of those areas and how we can actually minister to each other in each one of those areas in one way uh, during the day. And so um, tell them a little bit about what we've been doing with that. Yeah, so we just have been breaking that down, guys, so that like last week we worked on the spirit element. And so we put together a, a worship playlist. Uh, we put together like we want to read through the book of Colossians. So we just chose a book of the Bible to read through that week. And then um, we put together just a, having some quiet time together with the Lord and asking the Lord to write a letter to us. Uh, we put that on our, out on our Facebook page, kind of getting people the opportunity to kind of work through that. We put out a, a, um, a, a YouTube worship playlist for people, just trying to give them the tools because if this is what's going on, and you said it, Kenneth, like our discipleship is based on our walk with the Lord. So we got to activate that we're spirits who have a body, not a body who has a spirit. And so we're trying to activate the spiritual component in this quarantine time so that couples can get that foundation as you get down to the other two levels of soul and body. And so this week we're kind of rolling out the soul element through our ministry so the couples can kind of work out through that area as well, because we believe that's where you kind of activate the things of the Lord inside your home, inside your marriage, and uh, we, we know the best premarital counsel we give a couple is to have a great marriage. And so if we can model that for kids who come behind us, then, then we're doing a really good job of disciple, uh, disciple making. I think that's exactly right. appreciate y'all sharing. Scott and Dawn, you know, one of the opportunities that has come out of all this shelter in place is an opportunity for parents to really take the leadership role uh, in discipling their children. Do y'all have any, anything that y'all could share that would encourage parents, you know, I, I, if I reference back to uh, Matthew Gibbs's article, the first step is really just to do it. But would, is there anything uh, that y'all could share, uh, maybe even on an age graded level, if, if someone's got younger kids, or maybe they've got college students that are back home? How, how can parents take an active role and use this as an opportunity to invest in the lives of their children? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'll say that, you know, just the sentence to a parent, you're the primary discipler mm -hmm. of your children is about as intimidating and scary as, yeah. you know, for somebody who's not used to that language or they're just in the church for the most part, they've been bringing their children to church and that's kind of what they think that's what they're doing is making disciples. So to know that that got onto them in a matter of a week's time was probably a pretty heavy one, but it's really as simple as treating um, Christ as a normative part of your family, mm -hmm. of teaching them how to have spiritual conversations. Um, and I feel like Dale and Gina and, and Scott and I have been together serving in ministry for over 20 years. We've been friends. We've raised our children together. That We both have adult children, married children. We now have grandchildren. So we know that this process is that Scott will share with you is good across the board, mm -hmm. all the way top down, whether you have adult children, high school, middle school, college, even the littles, um, there's a process. And I, and I don't think it's really intimidating um, to be able to set it down really in real time in every day walking around home life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what we've been doing at, at Lakewood, Kenneth, we've been really focusing on this whole idea of table talk. If you watch uh, Lakewood at the end of our services, our, our senior pastor and our associate senior pastor will gather around the table. And they basically will do a small synopsis of what the message was that day and then pitch it out to our families. And so uh, often because we're ending around the noontime, we're just saying to our families, hey, 
while you're at, because most of us aren't dining out anywhere right now. We're actually eating more at home than we ever have before. So we're saying, listen, now's your time at the table. And we just want to encourage you in this. And the key thing we have said, Steve, uh, for, for our families, especially our dads, because Scott and I were at an event a couple of months ago, and we started talking about this for the very next week of how to encourage our fathers to take the lead. And, and y'all know, I, this is hard for me, Kenneth, but the, the acronym, keep it simple, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, Scott. I'll just say it for me right now. Keep it simple, Scott, is at the table, Kenneth, one of the best things for our parents is just ask simple questions from what they heard from the message that day. Uh, what stood out to you? Was there a passage that the pastor referred to that resonated with you? And obviously you have to do this in, in um, age appropriate. As Dawn alluded to, we've got adult children and we've had as many, if not more spiritual conversations with our adult children who are sheltering in place with us than we've had in recent years. Because a lot of times the beauty of being online is you can interact about that concept you normally wouldn't be talking about it in a, in a worship service, but you can now. Uh, so the idea as we're at the table is to keep it very simple. Just ask a question, re reflect back on the scripture, read the passage out aloud. We're big, Kenneth, on encouraging families to memorize scripture together. And so even as what we just finished at Lakewood, going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're working on, as a church, memorizing Matthew 5, 1 through 16. And so that's another very simple step, is just to keep it simple, memorize Scripture together. That's, those are some awesome tips, and I think it, it'll really impact families if they'll, they'll apply those to their lives. Dale and Gina, I wanted to ask y'all, I know y'all both uh, have your marriage ministry, but individually, y'all both speak. Gina, I know we've had had you several times come speak to the ladies here at Hopewell and at other churches I've served at. And Dale, you you speak to men. And Dale, we'll just start with you. What would you say to men right now? Because uh, again, just that idea that it's our personal relationship with the Lord that, that makes all the difference as we seek to be the disciple makers uh, of our family. So what would you say to men yeah, so I mean, I can, I can really relate to the to some men who may be watching this because back in 2003, I lost a job and going from a secular job to ministry and I, I go back and I reflect on that time and I recognize that was really a season for me where two things happened, Kenneth. One, um, I really, I didn't handle it well. I mean, like, because so much of my identity was wrapped up in my, in my career and that's all I'd known for 15 years was get up and go do the grind and go to the office. And, and so as I get called into greater ministry and opportunities um, and everybody's patting me on the back, way to go, Dale, way to answer the call to ministry. Uh, outwardly, that was an awesome thing. But inwardly, I was really struggling with what did that look like now for me? And so for people who are staying in, at home or and their world has been upside down, turned upside down, that happened to me. Gina was still homeschooling our kids. Uh, all I'd known to do was go to the office and then come home and have dinner, you know, just kind of go through the grind. And then all of a sudden I'm placed in that home. And I'll tell you, I, did, I feel like I didn't fit. 
I felt like, you know, what, what was happening to my world and, you know, her world really didn't change much. And so the Lord took me in a season, though, through that period of time of really leaning into him because I, I recognized because of that, he had some work that he wanted to do in me through that. And so I think that was the question that I had to go answer, which I believe some of these men need to probably answer in this season of COVID-19 or, or stay, at, stay at home or shelter in place. Like God is after something in that through that season in us. And so the ultimate goal for that is God wants to draw us into a deeper dependence of him and to really kind of sit into that identity question. And so what happened for me was this big shift was, uh, I, I was I was going from my career defining me to letting the Lord define me. And out of that season, I believe the Lord carried us into a greater call of ministry. But I had to answer that question first because I believe that was the place where the ministry really got kind of got some energy behind it, even though we were doing things. The Lord really wrapped us up out of that. And so one thing that I had to do was I had to go, I just go on a journey of letting the Lord define me, get, tell me who I was as his son, to really seek in. Like, I really believe I had a Jacob wrestling with the Lord moment in that season, and I was really intentional. And I think that's the word. In this season, you know, the word of God says, make the most of every opportunity, right? So in this season, these men have an opportunity to kind of lean into the Lord and settle some of those questions and ask what the Lord's trying to do in their life. And then Proverbs 18.1, don't get isolated. Whatever you do, don't get isolated because a man of isolation breaks out against sound judgment, which means when I get isolated as a man, I don't think clearly. So stay in open communication with other men. Make sure that you're growing your walk with the Lord. Stay in his word. Just those are the things that I did in that season 2003 um, that the Lord really used that season and I made the most of it. And now, you know, some 17, 18 years later, I see the fruit of that, but I had to enter into that and let the Lord work in that season in my life first, so then I can lead my family well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would piggyback on that, Kenneth. Uh, one of the key things that we told our men on the very front end of this, I'm looking at an email we sent out back in, in March, was that first and foremost, you got to feed yourself. If we, we think of it in the table image, when I, I grew up in South Georgia, Kenneth, uh, on the other side. Gina grew up in Albany. I grew up at, in, near Savannah. Listen, back in the 70s, when growing up, when we had dinner on the grounds or people in our home, adults went through the line first. And, you know, kids didn't go through the line. Times have changed now. But back in the 70s, all the adults went through the line first, and then the kids ate whatever were left was left. But you think of it in the same context. As Dale is saying, if a husband is to lead his family, he has to feed himself first because you can't lead where you've not been. And so when, when we think Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And Jeremiah says it this way, thy words were found, your words were found and I ate them and they became a joy and the, the delight of my heart. If we think in that context, for men, especially as we're speaking to men, feeding yourself first and foremost, and we, once again, keep it simple, we just encourage our men at Lakewood reading one chapter a day. And for the past three years at Lakewood, that has been our reading plan as a church through the New Testament, through the Old Testament. Now we're doing the wisdom passages, read one chapter a day. And if you do that and then you internalize it, it becomes a part of who you are. You're feeding on that. It inevitably begins to 
pour out of how your the conversations you're having with your wife, with your children, but it starts first and foremost, as Dale was saying, with yourself. That's so true. You know, we can't take, like you said, we can't take someone where we've never been. Yeah. So those are all excellent points. Gina, would you talk uh, for a minute about women's ministry? What, what would you say to the ladies uh, that may be watching this? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think from from a women's perspective, you know, I think it's kind of the same thing that that the guys were saying, women, women's ministers, we have to care for ourselves first. Um, and, and when it comes to respect to your walk with God, you can't give away what you don't possess, just what you've just heard. Um, uh, but even where it comes to parenting, when it comes to um, a marriage relationship, um, God, Jesus was a parabolic teacher, which tells us that he taught and uh, from the physical to help you understand the spiritual, which means that we learn and can grow that same way. So like when my children were little, I did homeschool our kids because Dale and I started on the road, you know, and it was like either, you know, we're leaving them here or they're going with us. So we took them with us. And I used to tell people all the time, man, our kids may be dumb as dirt, but we've had a great time, you know? Um, and I'm sure some of these families, especially these moms who feel like, my goodness, I've been thrust in to something like homeschooling that I never in the world thought I would ever do can be an, a, a very unsettling place. Um, but again, if I start out and see God in everything, you know, there's a little bitty book I read years ago called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. And it's just what, 70 pages, maybe 50 pages about how he practiced God's presence. When you begin to practice God's presence in your life, you begin to see him in everything, which means you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for your kids. And you're going, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he's a friend. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than, the bro than a brother. Um, you know, and so all of these things begin to come together because Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I would say, first of all, you've got to care for yourself because again, as you are fed with the things of God, then that just flows out of you. But the second thing I would say is compassion. You know, this morning when I woke up, the Lord just had that word compassion on me. We have to have some compassion for each other when we're stuck in this home together. So uh, one of the things Dale and I do a lot, Kenneth, is say, what do you need from me right now? Because I might think, oh, Dale needs da 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 da. And then he's all, you know, I'm all over him and he's like, go away. Like, I've got things I want to do, or vice versa. And so to be able to say, hey, this is a new routine in our house. These are new things that are going on. What do you need from me right now? How do you need time? Do you need space? Do you want me to help you with this? What does that look like? Um, and, and kind of do the same, you know, are you, am I going to be the teacher and you're going to be the, you know, the principal. So I just get to send them to you when they need a beating. I mean, how is that going to look, you know? So, um, so to be able to speak with each other and say, what do you need from me right now? And even as your children, um, engage them in it. You know, when I was a homeschooler, um, if my kids, uh, you know, had time to, had that they had to read, then I asked them, well, what kind of book would you like to read? Now, most of the time they got the book that had the less words in it. But reality was, you know, if you engage them in that and you say, well, how do you like to learn? Well, I like pictures. Okay, well, let's find a book that's got a lot of bright pictures in it. And then if they wouldn't read it, you were like, well, you picked the book out, not me. So you got to read it, you know? So, so to, again, to engage them in this process um, and not, you know, is huge as well. So I think that caring for yourself, caring for others by asking with compassion, hey, 
what do you need from me right now in this situation is going to go a long way in the partnership as y'all communicate about what the each day is going to look like you know years ago dale uh, the lord woke me up in the middle of the night and i came in i sat down in our den on the couch and the lord said um i want you to put your feet in cole's in dale's boots and i was like well first of all his boots shouldn't be in the middle of my den you know that was my first thought and then um and then i was like really lord and so i put my feet in his boots and when i did i just laid my head back and I began to think about all that Dale does for our family. And by the end of that, I was just crying um, just, just because I had not thanked him very much. I hadn't been very grateful um, for all that he had done. And so it was a moment of this compassion, this empathy my, of putting myself in his position and being a lot more grateful for the partnership we do have. And so I, I just think that word compassion is huge um, during this season that we're in. And let me just throw in this, Kenneth, like when Gina talks about partnership, I think that is a huge thing that's going on right now with this stay at home or shelter in place. I mean, I, like you guys, you probably have seen families out playing ball together and taking walks and doing. And so what's happened, which is I think is a phenomenal beautiful. and a beautiful and a good thing. I saw a guy at a grocery store yesterday goes, I've been working from home. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lobby with my company that I don't have to work from an office I, I love working at home, not every day, but I've enjoyed it. So I think there's been some good things that have happened through this. So this partnership thing, though, has been thrust, it's been elevated to the top of them. Like, how are we going to partner and work well together? And we, we've got a Zoom small group that we lead on Thursday nights uh, with our Bible study. And so uh, this homeschool couple, she said this when she was talking about, he, she goes, he said, what do you need from me? And she said, I need you to help me. Well, her definition for help was, I need you to do it. Like, I need a break. I need you to take on. And I, so that's the way I define help. That was her definition. He, he thought when she said help was, I, need, I just need to be in the room and hand me pencils and coloring books and crayons. And so even that partnership thing, like they, they define help completely different. And so I think communication and partnership and taking care of yourself and, and getting your walk vibrantly growing with the Lord and then bringing that inside your home and changing the atmosphere inside mm -hmm. your home. I think those are phenomenal things that we can do in this stay at home or shelter in place season. And I believe the Lord is really blessing that. And no we, we, even though families are under strain, even though they are, filling up the counseling offices i think that's even a good thing because the lord is using this because he's all always after changing our marriages into his image and growing our families and raising up generations that come behind us and what a beautiful thing for those kids to see it modeled in their own home not dropping them off at church to see it yeah. those are all excellent points appreciate y'all sharing that that with us one of the things that i, I wanted to wanted to ask about and scott smith i'll I'll start with you, but I really would love to hear uh, everyone jump in on this. You know, we'll have a lot of uh, pastors and ministers uh, watching uh, this when it's posted. Um, what would you say to, to church leaders, and we'll have every size church most likely watching this, what would you say to church leaders who are looking for ways to invest in marriages to really encourage this family discipleship model that we've talked about during our time together today. Scott, what would you say to those church leaders that are watching this? Well, being a leader myself, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, Kenneth. Uh, and I don't say this as a, as a, in a bad way, but I find most leaders, not most, but many leaders 
feel deficient in this themselves. And so they're hesitant to export to their congregation what they feel like I've been deficient in leading at home myself, whether it's discipling my children, whether it's doing, coming alongside as, as a companion, a partner to, to my spouse as Dale and Gina were doing. So I would, I would just challenge to church leaders first and foremost, lead yourself in this thing. And the, here's the thing that I, I have been processing, Kenneth, with this, is, is to manage expectations. And what I mean by that is sometimes, even as church leaders within our, it's easier sometimes to do it with those in our church and in our community than it is to do at our home because we feel like it's got to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, look, manage that expectation. Put perfection out, throw it out the window. You know, throw it from the house. Look, if I read scripture right, Kenneth, this is what Paul says in Philippians 1.6. I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ's return. So in essence, what he's saying is all of us on this Zoom, everyone watching, we're all works in progress. Mm -hmm. And so we're not looking for perfection, whether it's me with Dawn, Dawn and I with our children, you as a leader in your church, don't worry about perfection. Don't worry about that. Focus on progress. Are we making incremental steps in our church, in our community, as Dale was saying, in helping form the likeness of Christ in those that we're leading? I would add to that, just in terms of leaders and that feeling of inadequacy and all. I mean, of course, you can do nothing more effective than to pray. Just mm -hmm. to even begin just to pray, God, help me be able to minister effectively on the other side of this because only you know what's going to come out of it, how it's affecting the families that in the flock that I'm mm -hmm. responsible for. Just even begin to pray now and be mm -hmm. beginning to pray now for um, a partner, for partnership mm -hmm. who will have um, that you can be shoulder to shoulder with, that that person, that leader can be shoulder to shoulder with in terms of ministering to marriages in their church. And that partnership does not have to be necessarily in their congregation, although I would pray for that primarily mm -hmm. um, because it is important to have partnership in your local church in ministering to marriages. Um, and I would say really get familiar with your local resources mm -hmm. because not all things that are happening in the homes right now are good. And Gina touched on that earlier. And so you might not be equipped to handle what comes out of all of this, but be familiar, just draw a, a, a 30 mile radius around your city and start to investigate now what are the counseling resources what are the resources for anger management? What are the resources for abuse? For um, we have a, for like for women's shelters. Um, those types of resources are really important for you to. If you don't have those skills, that's fine. I don't have a lot of those skills, but I do know my local resources, and I know the best hands to put them in. So I would just say to the local leaders, just practically speaking, pray and then start to learn your resources in your community. The upside, Kenneth, of COVID is this, Dell and I were talking about this last week, is this is making our people in all size churches, Kenneth, church of 50, 500, 5,000, it is making our people become more and more comfortable with this kind of a format. Mm -hmm. And so what I anticipate is going to happen on the other side of this with churches is just what Dawn is saying. We, we, it does not necessarily have to be somebody locally. 
It might be a resource that we know in Birmingham or we know in Fort Worth or we know this, that they can zoom in with us with our leaders or with these groups. We might see virtual groups that are not just connected within Albany or Gwinnett County or whatever. They're, they're all over the world, but they're zooming in using these kind of formats. So I, I tell you, we were just got out of our staff meeting. I'm excited about what the church is going to look like on the other side, because I think of all shapes and sizes, Kenneth, it has forced us all to think outside of the box. And to some degree, it has forced the church to leave the box. And that, I believe, is a very beautiful thing. We were processing it this morning with some of our guys. You know, just as the diaspora did at, at the destruction of the temple and everybody went out in A.D. 70, I think to, on some levels we're having our own unique technological diaspora of the church, and I think it's going to be phenomenal what the future of the church can look like. So good. So I think, good. I think you're exactly right. I think there's some great opportunities here. Uh, specifically in what we've been talking about, about family discipleship. And Dale and Gina, uh, if, do you have any encouragement that you might give, Dale, maybe to a, someone who's working in men's ministry at the church and, and Gina for women's ministry? You know, there it, it looks like a lot of things. It looks completely different right now. You know, uh, Gina, for the, you know, those that might have been planning events, a women's ministry event uh, that might have been postponed or a, a Dale, a men's outing, what would you say to those that are leading out uh, probably, uh, you know, they're volunteering their time, uh, probably not a paid yeah. position, but they're, they're, they're wondering what next steps look like. Do you have any encouragement for them or any practical advice? Yeah. I, and I think, Kenneth, you know, and partnering with what Scott and Dawn said, I mean, Stained Glass Ministries is a paired church partner. And so, you know, even now we're creating a post COVID-19 conference format. We're, we're rolling out two conferences for churches, either just for marriage or for a church-wide event, because we believe that these families, as soon as they can gather, they're going to need some resources and some tools. But I believe also that, just like Scott and Don, we're, we're really big in discipleship. So our heart is to really help the local church know how to not just take an event, but have that stacked together in discipleship, which means you've got to have leaders. And so... Part of for, you know, for men's ministry, I think in this season, a church can be very, very strategic in raising up leaders, people who are passionate about marriage, passionate about men, passionate about women, and help equipping them. There's some great things out there to help equip them. I started, a, I've got a book for men called Often Told, Rarely Trained. I started an online Zoom with that group three weeks ago. I got 42 men around the country signed up. And so what Scott's talking about is changing the dynamic of how we gather and how we meet. And so equipping those leaders to teach resources. And, and it's been an interesting thing. I was sharing this with Scott. Like, these guys buy, the, buy, buy this book at a conference, and then they're like, but I don't really know. It goes back to Dawn's comment. I don't know what to do about this. I really don't know how to entrench myself in it and the journey. And so in raising up leaders, creating the arena and the opportunity for them to get on the journey together, they don't have to be perfect. Invite them into that. And as a church, there are multiple ways you can do that, either inside with raising up good leaders or helping, maybe helping coming alongside. Maybe we come alongside with churches and help them know how to do that. I think this combination of both outside resources and inside leadership is a great plan to help people know how to do that in marriage, in men. And I don't know what you would say about women. So 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, for women's ministry, for me, you know, as soon as all this happened, my first go-to was, oh, we, we got to get on the, on Facebook and we've got to do and do the, you know, and, um, and Dale and I just kind of sat back and went, you know what, let's just sit low and let the pastors figure out how they're going to do this thing. Um, and it's been a kind of neat thing to watch from my, you know, our side to see how they've navigated through all that. And then um, I caught myself going, oh, well, I need to say something. So I need to. And suddenly I was studying the word um, uh, not to apply it to my own life, but to try to give them something. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing. But we as leaders can get caught up in, in trying to help transformation and life change happen and encouragement happen for other people that we never say, but Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And we gra- get, gather passion. We, we become passionate about the word when we're in the word. We become passionate about sharing that with other people because the word is alive and active. It, it's coming, it comes alive when we're in the word. And then that's what gets related uh, to other people. So for, for me personally, I've been like, before I jump to how I can help them, what, what do you want to do in my life through this God? Uh, what, what are you trying to speak to me, Holy Spirit? And then let that be passionately uh, communicated to those out there. The other thing is I've just started asking the Lord every day. I ask the Lord, who do I need to call today? Who, do, who needs just me to be connected with them today? And I don't really have an agenda. I just, like yesterday, I just called a girl sitting out on my swing and said, the Lord brought you to mind. I just want to ask you one question. How are you? And she just, be, I mean, cry, just flooded just what was going on with her life. And I didn't really have any answers, but I don't know that she even wanted any answers. I think just knowing that somebody had, again, I'm back to my word, compassion for her, that the Holy Spirit had put her on my heart and that I just asked her how I was. And I didn't really point her back to me. I just pointed her back to the word. What does the word say? Which, you know, I think we've all come to worship the word and just, you know, uh, as as uh, Dale and I said this past week, and wonder. Don't ever forget, just don't lose the wonder of what God is doing in your life. And so just for those, you know, women's ministers out there, again, what's going on with you? Because that's what you're going to passionately communicate. And then how do you connect with other people just on this level of really, how are you? Because I really do care about you. Um, and I want to walk with you through this process. Staying, staying connected, I think is huge. I think the need from a ministry perspective to feel like you need to be busier uh, at this time is probably what we've all faced. Anyone serving on a church staff probably has all faced that, that the opportunity for God to work in our lives to what Scott Smith said a few moments ago, that, that, that God's doing something great right now. And, and part of it's just being still in his presence and, and seeing what this scattering of the church looks like going forward that there's a lot of great ministry opportunity. And uh, before we conclude, I wanted to ask Scott and Dawn uh, if they would share, and we'll put a, a link to this in the in the uh, comments, but if y'all would share just a moment about uh, what your uh, Forever Marriage Conference that y'all did recently, your ongoing ministry with that, and just share some of the things that y'all did. Yeah, yeah the interesting thing, Kenneth, we had planned this months ago, back last year with Levi and Krista Skipper, who were there with you guys at the state. And um, so Dawn and I were going to do this conference together. We hosted at Lakewood and uh, through our Lakewood ministry, forevermarriage.org. And then we realized, hey, this this is not going to be able to do, be an in-life person thing. 
So we set up um, the week of, and we shot four hours worth of sessions with Levi and Krista Dawn and myself, and then we just posted it um, online and just made it accessible to anybody. And here's the beauty, Dale and I were talking about it, and I, Scott and I have talked about this as well. What I'm seeing, Kenneth, in parachurch ministries, whether it's stained glass, church ministries like Forever Marriage, or even our own ministries, preaching ministries, we're getting an exponential impact of people who are being targeted and are viewing, connecting, that never would have come because of scheduling or whatever, like with our forever marriage, we've got those content, they're still on our website. So people can go and I'm, I go back periodically and look, and we're way, we're almost eight weeks past that conference, but people are still going back and viewing the conference. And so it has an impact. And when we think about that, that's just little us on our small scale, but you think about all of our content that's out there and is easily accessible when we do that, that, that could be a very phenomenal thing. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited about that. And we'll post that in the, in the links here too. About for yeah, we'll, we'll share that in the comments and also share information about how to get in touch with Dale and Gina, find out more about stained glass ministries. And I, I just want to say thank y'all uh, for taking time to, to meet with us in this format and just investing in marriages, investing in, in uh, uh, men and women and, and spouses. And as they seek to, uh, minister to their families and all that y'all have done today, just some great content. And with that, Scott Sullivan, I'll turn it back over to you. Tell you, I've just been engrossed in this conversation, writing notes. I got mental notes. I got physical notes written down here. Like, God, I wish I'd have said that, you know, all these things I'm writing here. I'm so grateful for y'all joining us today. And you made a comment about that virtual format causing the church to really leave the box. Uh, my family has felt that. I was um, sharing with the panel here that I've got four kids, a 23-year-old adopted daughter, 23-year-old son, and then an eight and a nine. So just big gap there, right? So I had this idea, you know, my, my senior son that's at Louisiana Tech in Ruston of how to, you know, continue to invest in his life, but I still got this eight and nine, and how does that bridge together? So we've started reading through the Proverbs mm -hmm. in we'll FaceTime, Austin, he comes in and he reads it ahead of time. So he's talking. I've got my eight and nine asking questions. And I'm just sitting there as a dad. I mean, multiple times, my eyes just swell up with mm. tears, just thinking about the, the generational investment that's happening. Because I tell him all the time, there could be a day y'all wake up and I'm not here. Mm. What's this going to look like? What was most important to me that needs to be most important to you? So guys, thanks so much. Here, I'm going to leave this with a question. And then I'm going to push that to the comments. So tonight, um, or at 7 o'clock, what we'll do is we'll, we'll show this, and we'll, um, we'll throw this comment out there. And here's the question I'd love for, for you guys, um, and, and I'll comment as well. What does that family devotion look like? You know, it's different for different people. Uh, some of the, the best discussions I've had is, is what people are doing. It just becomes creative. It's, it's ingenuity. And uh, so let's talk about that. We'll throw that in the comments tonight of what a family devotion could look like. What are the elements of it? Uh, because there's a lot of people who love their kids, but they don't do a family devotion. They don't know if it's important. They don't know how to do that. So we'll, maybe we can throw a, a resource at them tonight. Again, thanks so much. Kenneth Acock, discipleship pastor, Hopewell Baptist Church in Gainesville. So grateful for you. Scott and Dawn, thanks for coming, being a part of us, and Dale and Gina, we're grateful for your ministry and families and parents and what you're doing. 
And uh, we look forward to all that God's going to do through your ministries. And we'll uh, try this again one day down the road. Sounds Thank great. You Thank you for having us. Thank you all.